0: Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now.
1: Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis Show, and I am your host, Ronnie Landis. Before we dive headfirst into today's groundbreaking and perspective altering episode, I want to share a 60-second audio with you explaining my digital holistic nutrition certification program, the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is a brand new recording, and I'm really excited to share it with you, so indulge me for 60 seconds and enjoy.
0: Welcome to Holistic Health Mastery, the master's class of natural nutrition. This unique online certification program offers unparalleled wisdom on health, living foods, detoxification, longevity, and personal empowerment. Access a curriculum designed to offer far beyond the traditional teachings of nutrition, merging ancient wisdom with cutting-edge science, all delivered through an easy-to-use platform. Study each lesson at the comfort of your own home, on any device. Access over 70 video lessons and start from anywhere in the program. You are in control of the pace, where even a daily 20- to 30-minute investment is enough to complete the course within six months. Once you're ready, take the quiz, and you're on your way to be certified as a Holistic Health Master. In addition, you'll have access to extra features, such as monthly student support calls and an online community of students and masterminds actively discussing and sharing insights to support your education. It's time to invest in yourself and in future generations to come. Join the new leaders of natural nutrition and become a significant part of building a new paradigm in health and consciousness.
1: So there you have it. That is the Holistic Health Mastery Program. And I'm so excited to continue to share this amazing opportunity with people all over the world. We have over 200 plus students from all over the world and it's constantly growing. The feedback that I get on this is... Just really amazing beyond my original expectations. So, if you want to find out more information about this, you want to get in more details, you want to review the curriculum, or you're just ready to enroll right now, go to holistichealthmastery.com. And if you enter in the coupon code R O N L E E, that's Ron Lee you're going to get 10% off your enrollment fee, which can be pretty significant depending on which plan you choose for yourself. Again, that link is holistichealthmastery.com. Use the coupon code Ron Lee. Okay, so let's jump into today's show. And I am really excited to bring on a very dear friend of mine, Erica Faith, she resides in San Diego, California, and I've known her for the last couple of years. We first got introduced on the big island of Hawaii at this amazing eco permaculture resort, resort spa kind of place that I lived in for a number of months called the Hawaiian Sanctuary, something for everyone to check out. If you're interested in going to the Big Island and really tapping into the permaculture consciousness there, the Hawaiian Sanctuary is an amazing uh, resource for all of you. And that's how I met Erica Faith, and she was leading a yoga teacher's training, uh, what do you call it, a workshop or retreat, I should say. And we just really connected and bonded, and she had her whole family out there, her husband Adam and their two beautiful children. And then, at some point, I went on a speaking tour after that, and her family hosted me at their house for a couple of nights, and from that place, we just created an incredible connection and bond, and that had happened a couple times. They've been incredibly supportive of me, and Erica is one of these people that you can't help but notice. There's a, there's a, what's the word that I want to use? There's um. There's a magnetic quality to her. There's a profound presence that she embodies, and that's actually the central topic of this conversation is radical presence. Presence. How are you presently embodying your presence? Are you present to your presence is another way of saying it. And she just has this incredible magnetic electric attractive presence that is both strong in the masculine side but very much feminine it's graceful it's fluid it's it's like the waves of an ocean and yet anchored in to her yoga practice which is one of the reasons her particular yoga practice is so successful and so powerful and the way that she holds herself i think i've I've, like a broken record i've found a few different ways to explain that same concept but it's so important and it so sums up kind of my perspective on her and this conversation this conversation takes many different twists and turns and ultimately returns back to the motivational and inspirational central underpinning which is becoming very present to our state of presence and using that open space as a, as a, a space for creativity, a space where miracles can emerge through. And we can only really get to that place when we are paying attention to what we're paying attention to and we do the inner architecture, the inner work necessary, the remodeling of the inner furnishing of our Conscious awareness and just getting more and more in tune with that, and using things like yoga, using things like breath work, mindfulness, correct dietary principles, and all of the, you know, gardening as well, parenting, conscious parenting, all these amazing concepts to design our lives as the masterpiece it was intended to be. So, with all that said, without further ado, Let me introduce to you my good friend, Erica Faith. Enjoy. Erica Faith is a Yoga Alliance registered yoga teacher and yoga instructor trainer certified by the White Lotus Foundation in 1998. She currently resides in Southern California where she trains yoga teachers and students in Riverside, San Diego, Los Angeles, and Orange Counties. Along with a huge support network of talented teachers, trainers, and fitness-slash-holistic practitioners, she is leading retreats, facilitating classes, conducting workshops, and empowering others through the sacred art and practice of yoga. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. Namaste, Ronnie.
1: Mm, Namaste. It feels so good coming from you.
2: Blessings, yes. Absolutely. It's an honor
1: yeah I remember the first time we met. I think it's uh just a little over two years now and on the on the big island of Hawaii at our our you know our friend's house friend and family's uh like house but like this incredible permaculture slash healing retreat the Hawaiian sanctuary um, you know I remember meeting you there when you were doing. One of, your, uh, one of your teacher trainings, and it was just an amazing experience to have you come out to meet you, see your brilliance, your beautiful family.
2: Oh, you're so sweet. Hawaii is magical, and especially the big island, and having this relationship with Tara uh, as a partner in my Hawaii trainings has been the most magical and incredible blessing in my life. And being at Hawaiian Sanctuary itself, that land there is so sacred, it really creates a space for transformation for people in their yoga practice and in their own relationship with themselves.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that was my experience. I was living there for about three months and Tara Ann gave me the opportunity to come out at a very important part of my life where... um, I was kind of burnt out at that stage of my career development, of my personal development in Los Angeles, and just kind of like trying to find a new way for myself, and, you know, the Hawaiian Sanctuary was that way, and you're right, it's a, you know, it's a really incredible kind of incubator for transformation, and um, yeah, so, so grateful for them, I know, I know Tara Ann will probably listen to this at some point, so I just want to give a shout out to her.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Mm.
2: Her and Steve have done some incredible work themselves. They might be another uh, group of people you want to interview at some point.
1: Absolutely. I mean, just the idea that you could take that forty-four acre land that's covered in pure albizia trees and then to right. alchemize it—you know—to transform it like that—that that to me says so much, you know, about the power that that area has, but it's because of Steve and Tara Ann and all the, the incredible people that support that, um, like yourself, that, you know, create that, that great energy.
2: Definitely. Absolutely. And just the fact that the the land is so rich already, um, mm. it, tra- it does cer- certainly transform, you know, fruit and vegetables into this high nutrient dense <laughs> energy and it does that with our bodies and our hearts and our souls when you're there like you can't you can't not feel the magnetism of that lava and the energy of the island how it's still birthing itself—it's absolutely incredible—and so people do get really creative, but also a lot of their their stuff comes up mm. and um, to be moved, to be moved and to be healed, and transformed. So there is definitely the
1: alchemy. Yeah, we turn, we turn
2: our shit to gold, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, right. Turn your your mess into your message. Um, or your test is your testimony. All these cool little phrases, uh-huh. uh, but you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Just as a quick little, um, a quick little tidbit. You know, that's such an important thing to for people to understand, especially in the times that we're living right now, where you know um, the veil is being dropped, and not just the global veil, not just the the kind of the cosmetic cover up of our major global and cultural problems, but just in our own lives, right? Like we've we've yeah kind of gotten really comfort comfortable and complacent and um for a lot of us at certain certain points in our life we <clears throat> we've lost that connection that 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 deeper calling and we're trying to trying to get it back so i feel like that message that you're sharing about all our stuff coming up to the surface that can seem overwhelming but it doesn't have to be right
2: no no not at all i mean obviously we have to feel things And we have to acknowledge them before they can, you know, before they can release and change. So, yoga is a perfect place to do that kind of healing work because it forces you to to look inside yourself and it forces you to, to listen and to see what's there and to watch your thoughts and to become very hyper vigilant about your consciousness. And when you're constantly in that, place, especially in some of these teacher trainings and and retreats we're doing, um, within three days, the container, it feels so safe and so strong that it it really just um, blasts people open so that they can do huge amounts of work in a very short amount of time.
1: Mm, That's wonderful. And so, you know, with that... I'm really one. I'm wondering, like, how did you become so passionate about yoga and an overall healthy lifestyle?
2: Wow, I mean, my probably my first big calling that became very obvious to me was when I was. I was led to take my, my graduate work to Sonoma State University. And so I'm, I worked on my degree in transpersonal psychology. And I found in, in that place a class called the psychology of yoga. And within, I would say, a month of me being in the class, my teacher, who was Eleanor Criswell Hanna, had, had said, you know, Erica, this is, this is going to be perfect for you. This is going to be your path. This is going to be the thing that, that opens you up to the maximum. And literally from that point where she kind of initiated me and even the, into the thought that I could possibly be um, a spiritual guide as a leader, I, I just knew my heart was saying yes. So I spent two years at Sonoma State University really focusing on the psychology of yoga Um, On yoga as um, emotional health, mental emotional health. And I was also hooked up to machines in in a biofeedback lab and and doing meditation and being being kind of the lab rat that was um, measuring temperature and measuring my heartbeat to see what I was, what was happening to my brainwaves while I was practicing meditation. So I learned so much in those, that time. And by the time I had graduated, I was like, I have to get to white Lotus. I got, got to get my yoga teacher certification and make this an official movement for, for my career.
1: Mm, That's amazing. And so you've obviously, you know, you've come a long way and you've been doing this for a long time. So what what is, like, underneath that passion for you now? Like, what, what really, I guess, what really inspires you to stay, like, focused on your passion?
2: Just helping people. <laughs> mm. Just making the world a more peaceful place. I think, at my heart, I came into this life as a yogini. And I've always been very much... Um, in the spirit world, and connected intuitively and psychically to to all things everywhere, to the great spirit. And so this is sort of my passion that lives through me. It's like, I can't not do it. So it just had to take some shape and some form. And I think physical health and well-being, because we are all living in a, in a human suit, is so easy to to take the breath and become spirit in this physical form, in this physical body.
1: Mm. And so it must be really rewarding to be able to help activate other people um, on their path. You know, it's it's interesting. The, the question that's coming up is kind of rerouting back to one of the things that you originally said about being very mindful or being like very, um, uh, what's the word, being very... Vigilant, I think you Mm -hmm. might have used about your consciousness, and this comes up for me really strongly right now. I have always been into meditation. I was raised as a martial artist, and so that's a very similar kind of art form slash pathway as a as a a yoga practitioner, and the way that you have to focus your mind through your body and things of that nature. But I'm experiencing it a little bit differently now, where. Um, I'm, I'm personally doing what I call conscious engineering where Hmm. I'm now realizing there's deeper and deeper layers that I can start to kind of like, you know, if you imagine like dials on a machine, like turning your, like your genetics, like you can flip something up and flip a switch down kind of thing. I'm Mm -hmm. looking at my consciousness as, as, um, from an engineering perspective. So anyways, um, (laughs) you know, so this is why this comes up very strongly for me because now I'm seeing that the subtleties are really powerful yeah. and things that I wasn't aware of or I chose not to be aware of is a better way of saying it um, because whatever, I was busy, stressed. I had my own stories going on. Um, now I see the power that those little thoughts and the meanings that I give those thoughts have on my state of emotion, my state yeah. of stress. Um, and also in manifesting or not manifesting the things that I want. So, you know, let's talk about that. I'd love to hear your perspective on being really, really focused on your unconscious engineering. Absolutely. Um, what I've noticed most of all
2: is m- most people are not aware of the actual. You know, what's being played in the background of their thoughts all the time, like the little conversations you have and the relationship you have with yourself, the level of intimacy, the bond that you have with with your inner self becomes the experience, the the eyes that you're seeing everything through. So when you bring awareness to your thoughts and the relationship and intimacy that you have with yourself, like we would for yoga or just breathing techniques or meditation, what we're doing is we're shining a light on what's happening. So all of a sudden this watcher is there and and seeing the the quality um, of the thoughts and how our minds are steering us to you know feeling good in our body or having emotional upheaval whatever it might be and so what i'm doing now in my classes i'm teaching my students most of all that the mind needs to serve the the highest well-being of our body temple mm. and that our mind needs to defer to the wisdom of the soma to the wisdom of the body so that we could allow our minds to be used for a very high purpose And to expand our consciousness beyond just the body, of course, into our hearts, into the vibrational relationships we have with the earth and with the planet and with everybody else, you know, everyone who's around us. So it's almost as if yoga is just a container for some of this activation for the awareness to be honed and then... Um, practiced, practiced in in the in the asanas, and then that goes off the mat and into the world.
1: Mm, really well put. Um, you know what I think about is the the uh, you know it's kind of an interesting dynamic that I've noticed um, where the more work you do in this area, then you find there's more work to do, and it's kind of like it becomes this thing sometimes. Um, where you might you might reach of this fork in the road or this this place where you feel like wow like I'm just processing all the time or you become more empathetic you become more sensitive your peripheral mm-hmm. nervous system becomes more sensitive to uh, you know uh, we call that like sensory acuity so like now you're sensing things from your outside environment or possibly. Um, you know, your relationships, whatever's going on, like you just become more sensitive to it. And, um, you know, I'm just curious, what are some of the maybe um, tips or tools that you've used to kind of anchor in a sense of groundedness when that you could call it fight or flight comes up? Because one thing I do notice is that um, I've had to deal with a certain amount of anxiety the more I got on the conscious conveyor belt. Mm, And, and I imagine that that was probably there to some extent, or I was, I was, I was, I was getting by in my life to just kind of, um, you know, whatever, uh, how do you say, uh, just get by, right? But that was always there. So now that's coming up more and I'm having to like, actually step away from certain codependent um, behaviors that are, you know, just not, not good for my, my progression. Absolutely. Well,
2: we always have to remember first and foremost we're a work in progress at all times. And you know, as long as we're on this planet and we ha- are experiencing this world as it is, we're going to be a work in progress, and that in itself needs to be okay. It needs to be okay that like the work is never done, and um, and in fact, it's part of the fun. In a lot of ways, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. So to release the past, to release the future, trusting in whatever divine mystery is unfolding and knowing that we do cycle. That is a huge thing I'm always teaching is that we're, we're, we're cycling, There's going to be times where we're plateauing. There's going to be times when we're on the way up and there's going to be times when we're on the way down. Mm. And that, again, is like a rhythm in which we can tune into physically, mentally and emotionally so that we can utilize, you know, breathing techniques to bring us back to the moment so that we can um, so that we can use mantra or chanting to keep us focused on the on the now and the spirit of the now so that we can um, you know maybe even do an art meditation that just focuses our and hones our consciousness on one thing and one thing only. We're very spread thin mm. a lot of the times we're juggling so much and yes we are spiritually when people open up when their Kundalini uh, is unleashed, when they're starting to pop open and and craving this deeper, meaningful, substantial life and they don't know where to turn and there feels like there's so many things that they have to do to work on themselves, that's the moment where you just have to take one bite at a time, one moment, moment at a time and one breath at a time so that it doesn't overwhelm. And when you get sensitive to honor and say, I'm feeling really sensitive right now and just saying you feel that way, it actually takes a little bit of the intensity out of that sensitivity. And then you can honor yourself by knowing what you need to do. Does this mean I need to kind of retract from the world a little bit? Does this mean I have to go hug a tree or, you know, go play in the park or go jump in a pool or a body of water? You know, we just have to really stay connected to just our soul's deeper yearnings.
1: Mm. Yeah, very well put. And that's a practice, right? That's kind of the whole the whole idea of practical wisdom. And that's what I feel like you're sharing is that it's it's practicable, disciplinable, um, things to do. It's it's not that we get these like little surges of motivation when we're on that high, and then that's the way it's going to be. It's actually the real work I find is in the repatterning or pattern interrupting, like when the temptation. <laughs> to, to um, do something that you know is not coherent it's not in alignment but it's just become a patterned behavior um, that when I find that's the that's the moment when that breath work or that meditation or that 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 presence comes in and I have an opportunity depending on how much I've practiced before to to yeah. be with it, you know, like, oh, like I want to say something, I want to react, oh, like, uh-huh, okay, back to presence, back to my body, <laughs> this is all good, no worries, namaste. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a moment-to-moment process, It's it happens, you know, we, we're training ourselves in our yoga class, and then we train we take that training out into the world so that you know your your to-do list is also that moment to moment and keeping that checking in keeping that like not checking out cuz that's that's going to sleep that's, that's sleepwalking so what we need to do is we need to not let life take us out of what what's in the presence of our soul in that, in each and every moment as it is unfolding, and meeting ourselves there in that moment as it is unfolding.
1: Mm, that's a really, that's a really good thing you just said about um, checking in and not checking out. Because I do find the tendency, um, however subtle it may be, um, there is that tendency to check out in certain ways and not to be fully invested in what is happening right now. And sometimes, what is happening right now requires you to persist through an uncomfortable spot. But if you you walk away, like sometimes that's a good idea, right? Sometimes you need to Mm -hmm. like take a power pause and back off. But there's other times I find, especially as an entrepreneur um, or like in a hard workout or an asana practice where you're in the pose and it's like, oh man, this is uncomfortable. But you also know somatically in your body that you're okay, And you just have to let that cycle of discomfort, as it were, to just kind of go through you and stick in there another five or ten seconds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to breathe through things to break through them. And then other times, um, you're right. You need breathing space. So it's like when you're in a, you know, you start to have a heated argument and you have a choice right there to, like, go at it, (laughs) you know, or take a breath and walk away and create some space between you and that reaction. And what happens, it's the same as what happens when you, you hit a spot in yoga where you feel like you you're up against the edge is just to stop and take a breath just to like regroup. And then suddenly you're listening again. You're listening to the voice of your soul and that voice will always guide you, but it has to come Consistent; it has to be a regular thing you are doing throughout your day, all the time, like without fail. Mm, mm, wonderful. And then that intuition gets so strong as mm. you begin to have that relationship with your. It's like being in relationship with your beloved, you know, somebody that you love. You you are there for them a hundred percent. You are um, showing up for it. You do that. We, if we can do that. For ourselves, that is going to create such incredible relationships, friendships, and partnerships in our life because you've already established a bond that is, that is strong within yourself. So you're always going to be authentic and you're always going to come with, with all your, your inner wisdom and all your patience and all the things that you need to be in relationship. I believe that yoga, it,
1: that's what it is.
2: At the very core of it is relationship building.
1: Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. You said a really another really interesting thing about being in a relationship with um, someone else. And any kind of relationship, I find, like, if I just take my own advice, then everything t- tends to work better. But right. there is, you know, there's always that tendency to, well, I won't say it on a negative end. I'll say it on, I'll say it this way. A lot of times we have really great advice or perspective for other people because we actually care about them and we're not necessarily nitpicking. We're actually like, we're actually, um, how do, how am I trying to say this? Um,
2: like offering some insight or whatever. Yeah,
1: so yeah, so what I, yeah, so the way I want to round this out is that, yeah, so a lot of times we can actually be incredible partners for other people. But then when it comes to being an incredible partner for ourselves as we would show up for another person that we care about, that tends to, I find for myself and other people, then that becomes the work there too. Like you said earlier, becoming intimate with yourself. So you're essentially in partnership with yourself. So how, how would you treat yourself if you were in love with yourself, I guess?
2: Yeah, well, and we are. I mean, that's really what... That big search is for our partner or beloved is, is really the person who reflects the love that we need to give back to ourselves. And so that's, that is why as we do work on ourselves and, and we change and we become more fulfilled deep on the inside where our wholeness returns, our homeness returns, then you're already good. There's not that sense of void or something that's not there that needs to be filled up. Mm-hmm. So then you can show up with that in relationship and and be a magnificent partner without being dependent or manipulative.
1: Mm-hmm. So with that, I'd love to ask this question. What does it mean to you to have fierce presence?
2: <laughs> I think it's being willing to hear whatever somebody is going through and not having to fix it or change it. Mm. And it's abiding, abiding with them in their experience and not needing to jump in and give advice.
1: Mm.
2: And I'm one of those people usually first to offer help. And so that's been a great teaching for me is you know, standing or sitting or being and listening with someone and their process and letting them find their own answers to their questions. You know, more asking the right questions so that they can get to the right, their own personal heart's
1: answers. Mm.
2: So that's fierce presence to me.
1: Mm. Yeah, I really like that a lot. And, um, you know, it seems to me like a, a really a really great yoga practice really helps you develop those qualities because, you, you know, you have to be very, very present and, um, you know, and it's like, I just think of like every area in life, as it continues to reveal itself, it's requiring more presence. It's not even requiring, like you said, like me trying to figure out like, okay, well, how can I make this better? How can I improve this? How can I take some action? Um, those things are great but sometimes I can get overwhelmed with all the options and then I don't end up taking like a fully present action all the time because I'm like you said like I'm myself, my mind is spread a little too thin on the menu board um, because I was, I just guess I wasn't fiercely present in that way to the, the the thing that is happening right now and to sit with it long enough without having to jump and like fix it because I'm uncomfortable.
2: Exactly. And oftentimes you know, we purposely attempt an asana or a breathing pranayama that can be very intricate and in and, and require so much of our um our showing up. And by doing that, we do practice like, oh well, I can only go this far and that okayness with all right, that was enough. That's all my breath will allow, or that's all my body will allow today. And having this absolute acceptance with that. um, Part of me, I mean, I really love to teach yoga, but the the way I've developed my teaching and the way I've developed my training is very permission-based. So I've, I've pulled away from... What the yogi, you know, what classical yoga texts say, you know, these are the places in which your body needs to be and more being a self-directed practice to where, you know, you can close your eyes. You don't need to look in a mirror. You you know, you can, can feel what is the best version of the pose for you today instead of thinking, okay, I have to look exactly like the teacher or or i have to work towards this particular pose well maybe the pose isn't even right for your body so those are things that i've definitely taught more and more in the last decade is what i call permission based yoga which is you're you're the you're your own guide in your practice this practice is meant to be personal and as a teacher i always let my students Self-direct and create just a space and a guidance system to give them, encourage them, entice them into different positions and different places and and visions and let them meet me in that um, artistic expression in the moment.
1: Mm. Yeah, and giving giving people permission to feel it out for themselves, right, without having exactly. to. I feel like a lot of people, um, they, they have a sense that they need to be told what to do, but that's not really true, is it?
2: It's nice to be guided. Right. It's nice to be in community. It's nice to be in a room that feels good. It's kind of like a sanctuary. Like we used, you know, we... We've been to synagogues and churches and for people, those are their sacred places. For me, my yoga studio is my sacred space and it's my sacred sacred space for many people because you can go in there and you're with like-minded people and there's support and there's encouragement and there's, you know, people who care and will hold space for you, whether you're laughing, crying, struggling, you know, in the highest bliss state whatever it is. And I, I think creating that environment in that space is so important for all of us. We need something outside of our home and we need something that connects us to other humans that energetically lifts us up.
1: Mm. Totally agree. I really love that. So, um, you know, I think this is really great for leading into this next question. It's going to be a little more personal, but, um, how do you bring harmony to your, your, quote unquote, your work life and also your family life? Because those are two humongous areas in all of our worlds that probably going to require the most investment, I imagine. So a lot of people um, have trouble. I mean, there's this, there's this idea of balance, but I don't really believe in balance or maybe dynamic balance, but I, I like harmony. Like, How do you harmonize those two sides of your life?
2: Well, for me, Ayurveda has always pointed me in, in a direction of, of harmony. Like what is going to have um, like sustainability and longevity? What is going to support that? And for me, sometimes it's making lists and being able to know with work what it is I need to, you know, focus on and with the kids and the family, what it is I need to focus on and then designating times and, and having that really structure and at the same time, I also need to stay flexible because I am really here to serve my soul and I'm here to serve my spirit. And so if the spirit's not moving me, then I really, if I can change my plan, I do. And, and sometimes just being in that flexible space is the best space for me because even if I just offer time to say, okay, I can't really do this right now. I'm not feeling it. I'm not in it let me give some space to it when i do show up to it it's done and it's done beautifully so it's like a sense of not forcing things mm-hmm. a sense of letting the spirit move me in all matters obviously as a mom i have kids to take to school at a certain time every day i have classes that are scheduled you know so there are things that i cannot negotiate but the things that i can negotiate Um, I really do turn my attention back to myself and my heart and, and invite my spirit to guide me and you know what, okay, what's the priority now, what's pushing me and what's also, what's on the inside.
1: Mm, I like that like intuitive guidance system.
2: Exactly. Mm. It doesn't work perfectly every single time. Sometimes it feels like there's something I avoid This is this is funny because that's in a way I'm judging that I'm avoiding it because it might be something that actually it's not time to work on. So I have this, you know, like I have this like S corporation file that I need to complete, you know, on my desk. And it's been like sitting here for days and days, but it's made my way closer and closer to like my computer and to my energy field. And so then I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can see this is probably gonna get done this week. So again, you're right, the intuitive part, for, for my life to function with joy and for me to be a happy woman to my husband and to my kids and to my work, I have to live this way. Mm. I've just learned that in the last 22 years of, of running this business and being a yogi and really wanting to walk, the, walk my talk, really wanting to embody it.
1: Mm. I'm curious, what are some of the, the, I guess, more pronounced challenges that you've encountered in your own development of of running your own business, like from when you started? I, I guess, actually, the way I want to contextualize this question, um, I'm really curious, like, what are the differences in challenges, might be a better way to ask it, from, like, when the first couple years of getting started with this um, to the ones that are more common now. Does that make right. sense?
2: Um, yeah. I think saying yes to too much was what happened in the beginning. Yeah. And then I had to track all those yeses and I had to follow through with them because I am so impeccable with my follow through. And I was holding myself to like perfection and so I've learned definitely now compared to those first, you know, eight years, 10 years of, of functioning as, as, you know, as what I'm doing right now. I call it, don't even like to call it a business owner because it feels so much like I am a steward of mm-hmm. something that I was gifted. And so in stewarding what I have right now and being, you know, the mama of cloud nine yoga schools and, and yeah. supporting all these faculty and guest teachers and all these students who come through, um, it's been magical to see the process of going from saying yes to everything to, you know, having healthy boundaries and knowing how much I can handle in a week. And really focusing on my self-care, because that self-care, like how I wake up in the morning and my own personal routines and how I'm feeding and nourishing my cells in my body, you know, with food, all those things are what create who I am now. And I've had to really diligently train myself to um, to put that first, to put that self-care first. and. And I can see now how that helps me show up in the way I have and become successful.
1: Mm. It, it sounds like your priority is based on your state of presence. Always, whenever I, when I, I hear all this, it, it seems to go back to that idea that you're gonna you're gonna do whatever is necessary in any given moment to to step forward or to make sure that you're capable of showing up. With the most coherent presence that you can, opposed to what most of us do, which is um, we do that from time to time, but when things get kind of friction orientated we, we kind of um, we don't always put our best foot forward the way that we could, if like what I'm hearing from you is that if you actually just took the time to do a little bit of self care nurture yourself, then you can show up in an entirely different way
2: yes well, I don't want to show up. With weakness, and I I want to show up with all the wisdom and all the strength that I have. So if I can if I can do that, if there's things I can, there's little details that I can take care of in my world that allow me to show up in that kind of way. That's what I'm going to do. And it's taken me a long time to get there, but little by little, again those baby steps, little by little, it's just. It's it's an evolutionary process. It just you stay with it. We have to stay with it so we could fully, you know, come into that next evolution of ourselves.
1: Mm, That was a key. That's a key phrase you just said: is stay with it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, we, um, you know, a lot of us are kind of seeking perfection of sorts, right? And so it can be. you know, we can unnecessarily stress ourselves out by by picking out the mistakes in our life and the things that we didn't do to our expectations um, or didn't meet our expectations. Oftentimes, we'll put the magnifying glass on those things and completely miss out on all the wins and all the victories and the triumphs that are like right in front of us. Sometimes we call those miracles. Um, <laughs> we, we just totally like negate them, and um you know so that's what kind of comes up for me after hearing what you just said.
2: Yes, yeah, and I'm the type of person you're like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, the one of my first thoughts is like anything can happen today, miracles are around this corner yes and and it's not an expectation as much as it is a knowing now. Mm-hmm. I just have to open my eyes to be able to see, you know, these beautiful synchronicities, these beautiful things that are constantly messaging me. And they're obvious now for me, but 10 years ago, it it wouldn't have been as obvious. So it's like the evolution of consciousness, of, of expanding our awareness, of being in the present moment, continually doing that diligently, it helps us get to these this functioning and this is the baseline it's the new baseline
1: so if i were um listening to this this interview on a walk or something say i wasn't the i wasn't in the conversation i was just listening to it i think what i would pick up from this part of the conversation would be that no matter where you're at in your journey and whatever you think is going on in your life, just stick with it because miracles are always around the corner.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And you can expect that nothing's going to stay the same. Right. That we can expect, you know, and the the constant shifting and changing of of how we are when we wake up in the morning how I woke up this morning was different than how I woke up yesterday and the day before that. And I can expect tomorrow it'll be even ever so subtly or in a large way different. So we can always guarantee that, you know, we just have to meet ourselves where we're at in whatever moment that we come to. And that is a big part of the yogic journey is that we're not going anywhere. There's nowhere to go. It's just Hmm. here. It's X marks the spot right where you're sitting, right where you're standing. It's here now, all of it. Mm. And we, we totally think it's out there somewhere, but it, this is what we're looking for is the present moment.
1: Mm. Yeah. It feels like a huge part of this conscious engineering practice of mine is really, it leads back to the present moment. And I, I, it, it appears to me for some people that are very, very practical and pragmatic, um, and result driven, that can be a tough concept to really like, to really kind of get into the mix of the daily routine or to have a focus on, um, because we're, are, we're, you know, a lot of times we are looking to create results, but in order, it's funny, it's kind of like a paradox in order to create incredible results, we have to be ultra-present in what we're doing that's inevitably going to create those results, and we don't even know what those results are going to be. (laughs)
2: Yeah, because anything else is going to create suffering. Mm. Anything else is going to, you know, stir the pot and, and sort of, you know, make us make the boat rock. You know, when, when like the Buddha or some of the great yogis speak, they, they very much talk about moderation or the middle way or the middle path. And there's a reason for that. They call it the razor's edge. It's because it's such a fine line wow. that it's so easy to fall from one extreme to the other. Mm. That if we can, if we could just find neutrality and, 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 Allow there to be less suffering in this moment and whatever it is, if it's just our perspective that makes us suffer, if it's our, our dreams that aren't being realized that are making us suffer, if it's a person that, you know, is getting in our way, you know, all these reasons that we're suffering, if we just take a moment to embrace it as it is without being for it or against it, then suddenly the suffering it's lessened.
1: Mm, I really love that about the middle path. Is I never thought about it. I always thought about that being like the, I guess, obviously like the integration of the extremes into like a a, a form of balance. But I didn't think of it on the the lines of that being riding the the razor's edge of of polarizing extremes and it being That's so cool. <clears throat> so easy. To, to miss the mark in any which direction that could really like actually lead you like on a tie, uh, uh, how do you say, like a, a riptide towards one extreme or the other. Um, right. So it's, this, it's always like this kind of like balancing act of sorts.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's really the, the core of non-dualism is knowing that all you need is here now and mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. You're already there. You are infinity of epic proportions.
1: <laughs> mm. mm. So good. So what um I wanna I wanna ask this question because I can imagine a lot of people listening to this are you know, there's a there's a lot of talk about relationships and different strategies or different understanding of how to show up in relationships um and to have a more successful and healthy relationship Mm -hmm. so i definitely see all these principles um showing up in that arena but from your experience you know with your your husband and with your children like what are what is some of those um those experiences been that that like have made the difference just in the different ups and downs or the cycles that you go through in that arena
2: Well, when it comes to experiences, I feel like the bigger experiences are the ones that come up on the day-to-day. There's nothing that really, like, hugely stands out to me, specifically. But what I have gotten, first off, being a mother, is I always, from the beginning, wanted to empower my kids to become who they're meant to be and not steer them too much, but hold space for their own, you know, unfoldment, their own blossoming. So, um, that has been part of a beauty way for me and my husband and I, we have gone through so many layers of opening and closing and, and, Close, getting super super close and intimate and like pulling far 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 back and for me there was never really a moment where I was like I'm not going to be with this man because I knew from the beginning he was like my mate he was my my soul flame right mm-hmm. um from that point I really or I guess from the point in which like I talked to Adam, actually spoke with him the first time. I knew that this would be a lifelong process and that there was not going to be perfection in every step, but that is we are living that we would gain a deeper closeness because it doesn't matter how powerful that original, like, attraction is. Once you start owning a home and running a business and raising children, like, it gets complicated and stuff happens and you start, you know, your your stuff comes up. And so just being there and holding space for each other's stuff and um, and not trying to change that person, letting letting them unfold, letting them blossom, letting them learn, let, mm. letting them find their lessons, and just loving them through it all.
1: Mm, so so you're I guess trusting.
2: Yeah, I guess I've just basically been with my husband and, and been with my my longtime friends and been with my kids in the same sort of way. It's just I've learned I need to hold space for their unfoldment. If they need something from me, I'm I'm there for them, but to let them be them.
1: Mm, let and, them be them. Well, wow. yeah.
2: Discover their own their own ways of being and just accepting it. The only time I struggle is when I don't accept someone for for who they are as they mm. are.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow, wow. That that says it all right there. Mhm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big one. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just super relevant for me, and just I just chose to just step back for just a second in my breathing <laughs> to just take that in to anchor that a little bit because um, I heard it
2: catch your breath. I heard,
1: it. because uh-huh. that that's the one. A, the face that,
2: of emotion there. Uh, you know, uh, your mm. heart just cracked a bit, and that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I feel like you know. Especially the last couple minutes I was just internalizing real quick to, to sense that I'm riding the edge of transformation in that razor's mm-hmm. edge. Like you listened to the Elijah Ray interview that I had done and, and I, that that was very much along that same theme and what was coming up in me listening to him was just like wow, like I'm feeling this like this edge of discomfort. I don't know what the discomfort's about. I'm not gonna label it or create a story around it, but it is what it is and yeah. And now, hearing this, it just feels like, wow, Like that's what that is. That's that edge of transformation. That's that, that, that caterpillar relieving itself of the chrysalis to finally become the butterfly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Everything. Like, everything on this planet sheds. Think of a snake. Think of a tree. Think of a bird. We all molt. We all shed. We are all constantly in renewal. But then we're also in a state of, like, static, too, at mm. points. So we, we just have to ride those waves, ride those cycles. Because, again, like we said, it's, it's going to change at some point. Like, being a witness to myself, I've also learned to be a better witness to others and,
1: mm. and what they're
2: going through. And it's back to that fierce presence.
1: And well, this is this is phenomenal. Like as simple as it sounds, it's truly profound. Um, and I'm really, I'm really wanting for everyone listening to this. Like, I'm really wanting you to just sink into it. Um, that's what I'm wanting. I, like Eric was saying about you know letting people be. I want you all to be who you are and and let this cycle through you as much as it does, if it does. Um, but with the emotional content that's coming up for me. I'm just taking this kind of opportunity to tell all of you that, um, because why we do the why I started doing these podcasts and why I have amazing visionaries like Erica on here to share her experiences and her knowledge and wisdom is is honestly because that's what I want for each and every one of you. That's what I want for myself. So you know, coming from a place of wanting for the world what i want for myself is actually the only way that i stay in harmony it's the only way that i feel i stay congruent within the holographic reality that we are involved in
2: yes just keep loving you yes just keep loving you that's everything right there if we can all just keep loving ourselves
1: Mm. Then the- I,
2: drew, I drew a beautiful <laughs> card yesterday at the goddess circle I attended it was the Kuan Yin card and it was the card of compassion and it says today I will stop focusing on judging mm. myself and others I will focus all my energy on love and compassion for everybody. And that includes myself.
1: Hmm. And when you come from that place, your behaviors change. Mm-hmm. And your, what you value, it's like your hierarchy of values, they shift into direct alignment without you having to, um, I don't know, falsify or, or create Values that may not truly be your core soul values, but when you come from that place of, of unbridled, authentic love for yourself, then things just start to flip into place and then you come into what Michael Beckwith calls right action. Yes. Right, you're not like battling yourself.
2: Right. Right action, right words, those that you speak on the inside to yourself and those behaviors that you place out there in the world they're just in better alignment well they are in true alignment mm.
1: and then things start to work better right like that's the secret isn't it like that um, and it's obviously a process of exploration but that really feels like i i just listened to so many people that have been there talking about this these principles and it seems to just come back to this of somebody saying when I came into alignment, life started to work.
2: Yes, <laughs> your wings spread. You you could start. You you not only spread your wings, but you're able to use them to fly, to see bigger, to mm. experience life. Because we know it doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful.
1: Right. Mm, so amazing. So good. Oh um, you know what um what is one what's what's something you'd love to I mean you've shared so much, but is there anything else that you'd love to share with the audience
2: Yes, um I definitely would love to share one of the practices of meditation that I is the most near and dear to my heart right now, and I think it's really important that we utilize this to ourselves and to others, and it's called the Metta Prayer. So it's the Prayer of Loving Kindness. It was given um, by the Buddha, and it is very, very simple. And what we do is we speak the words to ourselves first, and we feel the words inside our being. And then once we fill ourselves up, then we offer it back out Almost like an exhale to the world. And so it speaks May I be peaceful. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I recognize the light, the truth of my being. May I be free. And so, from this place, may all beings everywhere be happy. May all beings everywhere be peaceful. May all beings everywhere be safe. May all beings everywhere recognize the light of their true self, their true essence. May all beings everywhere be free. And so we let the peace live and breathe through us, in us, and all around us, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, within and without above and below and to all sides peace 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 om shanti shanti shanti
1: mm. peace peace and more peace please mm-hmm. mm. thank you so much for coming on the show erica where can where can everybody find out more about your work
2: we have a website, it's cloud9yoga.com, it's all spelled out, and anyone can reach out to me at Erica, E-R-I-K-A, at cloud9yoga.com. We have all those Hawaii teacher trainings, we have beautiful retreats, and we have many schools across the country, we have them we have Cloud9 yoga teachers in almost every
1: state and
2: almost in every country. We have about 3,000 graduates now.
1: Wow. And you know that I am uh, heading back to SoCal very soon, so I need to drop in on. I'm sure. On my, I, need to, I need to step up my yoga game. So yes. I would love to see you. Mm, wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for being here and sharing your incredible uh, wisdom.
2: Of course, Ronnie, much gratitude and namaste to everyone. Mm.
1: And for all of you listening, thank you, as always, for joining us for another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our incredible guest, Erica Faith. Check out her work, allow it to deepen your work, and we will see you on the next episode. Aloha.